everyone. It's Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, Security Boulevard, Container Journal. You're listening to another DevOps chat. I've got a really nice chat lined up for you that I think is going to educate and enlighten many of you. I'm happy to be joined by my guest, and he is Arlo Gilbert. Arlo is the CEO founder of Osano. Uh, Arlo is also a, a serial entrepreneur with 20 plus years of startups behind him. But uh, Osano's his latest and greatest. And Arlo, welcome to DevOps Chats. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So, Arlo, before we jump into Osano, I I hope I didn't embarrass you, but give our audience a little bit of a a little bit of your own personal journey that brings you to Osano here today. Sure. Well, I have been, uh, for better or for worse, building companies for over 20 years. Um, you know, my background is in a variety of industries from advertising to telecommunications to even the funeral industry. Um, you know, I, I built my first company when I was in college. And fortunately, in 1997, when I built my first startup, nobody knew what they were doing. So my, my complete ignorance about the business world proved to be a good thing. Um, and so I've built a couple companies that have been pretty successful in various categories. I've, I've had a couple failures as well, and, uh, and those were certainly humbling learning experiences. But, um, you know, in 2017, I started a, uh, an enterprise uh, SaaS optimization platform and sold that to a company called Flexera out of Chicago. And, uh, and when we were finishing up our, our time there, you know, we just couldn't get some some conversations we'd had with CTOs and CISOs out of our heads. And and that's really what ended up leading us to this point in time at Osana. Okay, great. And and so let's let's get out of the way. What what exactly is Osano? So Osano is a data privacy management platform. And I know that's a, a lot to say in, in one breath, but what it means is kind of end to end from your website all the way to your back-end operations and your vendor monitoring. We provide all the tools that small and medium-sized companies need to comply with the 40-plus and growing privacy laws around the world. They often conflict, they're very confusing, and we make it really easy. Well, I, I, you know, really easy, I don't know, but I mean, you're going to have to show me to convince me on that one. But, but you're right, I mean, we live... We live in a litigious world, and a, uh, and especially, you know, when it comes to online security and compliance and data privacy, more than anything, uh, it is a, a bit of a mishmash. I, I, I always, I always hope that this is just a phase we're going through. That at some point we're going to have clarity, and and single purpose in our data privacy laws. But I've been wishing this now, Arlo, for 15 years. <laughs> uh, and, and it's only gotten more complicated instead of less, right? Yes. So how, how does, I mean, whether we're talking about EU privacy, you know, type of stuff, uh, or, you know, the, the mishmash of different states acting here in absence of a federal, single federal standard, how do how do you how can one company help you know with all of these different regs? Yeah, so so the the each law has its own nuances, right? So we we all are probably familiar with the GDPR, 
um, or as I've heard many CISOs call it, uh, goddamn privacy rights. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know so GDPR was enacted in 2018, and uh, you know what a lot of folks are not familiar with is that California has a law now starting on January 1st called the California Consumer Protection Act or CCPA. Yep, and and it has a lot of commonalities with GDPR. Um, it has some differences. You also have laws in, for example, Brazil passed their own version of GDPR, and they're a very large economy. Um, Japan has one. India has one. And now that UK is not part of the EU, or well, soon to be at least. Not officially. <laughs> you know, we expect that there will end up being a, a separate UK law. And so what's complicated is each of the laws has its own nuances and rules um, the good news is that you can map these things, right? If you go through all the laws and say, all right, what does this law say about this particular type of activity like data retention or data collection? Um, you can end up mapping those out into rules um, for the most part. And, and those rules uh, serve as part of our engine. So it allows us to kind of dynamically make sure you're complying with different laws in different regions. So let's let's dive in a little bit what it means and and, and if it's okay Arlo, i'm, I'm going to use media ops my own company as a as an example here we operate well all told we probably operate six to nine websites but there's three main ones and we you know we serve up content right mostly blog articles but we have some audio video and downloadables and so forth and we you know, we serve a global audience, literally every country in the globe you could think of. And, um, you know, and we, and we do collect information. We use tools like HubSpot and we have registration forms and sign-up forms. And some of that information gets shared with our sponsors, right? How does, how does Osano help us? Sure. Well, on the uh, on the that front end part, which you know we think of as front of firewall, uh, meaning your website, Osano has what we think of as the most sophisticated um, cookie consent uh, pop up on in the world. So it's a uh, it's a cookie consent pop up that does some pretty magical things. And, and, and Alan, have you ever seen those things the the pop ups that come up on the websites? Well, we we have a pop up. You know, yeah. I think everyone in the world did it when that goddamn privacy regulation stuff. Came That's in. right. <laughs> That's right. But and I say it facetiously. I'm I'm a big data privacy supporter. So yeah. Uh, but yes, and we do. We we have the pop up asking people to accept. Yeah. So so odds are really good. Anytime you see one of those, it's ours. We have the uh, the most popular open source cookie pop up on the planet. Um, it's used by more than 750,000 companies. They serve up a little over two and a half billion pop-ups per month um, using wow. our tool. But, but with that open source tool, it's pretty tough to really be compliant because, I mean, A, you're setting up one pop-up regardless of where that person is. Uh, you may not be displaying it in the language that the individual reads. And, and you also may not be doing things like listening for when they decide or change their preferences. And so, you know, the cookie pop-ups on the surface seem pretty simple, but, but underneath there's actually a lot that's supposed to happen. And so Osano's, Osano's commercial version, which has a, a free tier, which is appropriate for smaller sites, all the way up to enterprise pricing, um, 
it does a lot of really magical things. So I'll tell you about the really exciting thing part, part last, which engineers pr get pretty interested in. So we do a couple of things. One, we track consent. So one of your obligations under virtually all of these laws is to keep a record of when somebody says, yes, you can process my data, right? And that's, that means filling out forms or even just saying yes or no to that cookie pop up. Um, the other thing you have to do is you have to make sure that if somebody's in the EU, you give them a special set of options when they visit your website. Whereas if somebody's in the United States, all you have to do is disclose and let them opt in or out. So we, we automatically manage that for you. It's automatically translated into 40 different languages. So if, if somebody visiting your website, Alan, comes from France, but their primary language is Chinese, even if your website is in English, they will see a dialogue that complies with French law and is in Chinese. But so how do you know? Oh, how do you know that that person is a Chinese speaking French in France? You know? <laughs> right. So we use the IP address uh, at, with, a, with a very high resolution uh, lookup so we can identify what region they're in. So we, we use that. With, it's got a little over a 99% accuracy rate. If somebody wants to bypass mm -hmm. it with a VPN, you, you tried. Um, oh. and, and then on the language side, we're looking at the browser settings and the operating oh, system settings, uh, which get passed to us in a header. So we can quickly tell where are they from and what language do they talk about? What language do they speak? So those, mm -hmm. are, those are a couple of the things we do. But then the, uh, the other really two, the two parts of it that make it really sophisticated is one, when we collect and store that consent, so let's say somebody visits your website or somebody signs up for something, um, what we do is we record that record on a blockchain, a private blockchain, so that we now have an unchangeable record and we can prove that it hasn't been changed. And this is one of the few uses of blockchain I think is really legitimate because you can finally take this record into court if you get sued and you can prove that you actually got that consent. And it was managed by a third party, auditable and not changeable. But the really cool part about our consent manager is that it's a single line of code, one single JavaScript line in the head of your document. And with that one single JavaScript line, your security, compliance, DevOps team, really whoever is in charge of running Osano can now stop the marketing team from implementing pixels, trackers, and tags until you've approved them and categorized them. So your marketing team can keep doing their job over here, but you now have some oversight. It's almost like putting a firewall on your website. And it's, it's pretty sophisticated. When, you, when we show the demo to folks, they usually, there's usually a moment where an engineer goes, how did you do that? Um, so it's a really cool tool and it, and it, and it, uh, it really manages that, that entire kind of front end of your, of your data collection process. Interesting and good stuff. So, so I know a little bit about this, right? Probably enough to be dangerous. Um, our problem, or not our problem, but our concern always is not the initial pop-up for cookies, right? Because I, I, I think people are, are desensitized to that already at some level. But, you know, what happens, and, and this is what I'd like you to share with our audience, what happens in the background when someone clicks I accept, right? Now, right? Do, do you, have you given them permission to share 
you read an article that was written or sponsored by Cisco. And I'm not picking on Cisco, but it's just a name we all know, right? Or Microsoft or any of them. Have you consented to share information with these folks? Yeah, right? so if you the dialogues are... Sure. Yeah, so so there, the good news is we have some legal precedent to look at to decide now what actually counts as, as consenting for sharing. Um, what we did see in the EU was there was a ruling, there were two rulings in the last couple months that came out that are important for, for even for technologists to understand. One of them is uh, a ruling called Planet 49. And Planet 49 basically decided that if you're a European visitor, you can't pre-check any of the boxes. So you can't, you can't pre-check the marketing checkbox and the analytics checkbox and the personalization checkbox. So you have to leave them unchecked. And, and if you do those things, then it's considered valid consent, right? And, and there's now law and, and case law around this that says this is valid consent as long as you provide uh, freely informed consent, right? Um, so, so that's the first part. The second piece of the law, uh, there was a, uh, a lawsuit in Belgium uh, about, I think it was settled about four months ago. And what they ruled was, if you're a website owner and you include a Facebook like button on your website, for example, and Facebook then has a data breach and, and some of that data that was shared through your like button is part of that breach, you're the one on the hook. Because you, as the website owner, were the one who made the decision to include a Facebook and share that data. So the consent gives you the right to share the data, but it doesn't eliminate your responsibility in the event that your downstream vendor has some bad privacy practices or has a breach or something like that. Yep. I mean, you know, and, and this is a common thing, and, and frankly, you know, it's also one of the things about cloud security, right? You can trust your cloud provider or you can delegate your cloud provider to perform certain security functions. You can delegate your third party partners around some security and compliance issues. But ultimately, you as, in this case, a website owner or a business owner are responsible for your own you're ultimately responsible for your security and compliance. That's right. And, you know, trying to say I delegated it out is, is somewhat of a mitigation, but it's not an exoneration. If, if we can, you know, get a little bit technical there, a little bit legal. Um, but this is fascinating stuff. And, and I think it's, it's important, especially for people out here, who are maintaining their company's websites and are dealing with these data privacy issues, which we all, we're all dealing with it in one way or another. Let's go beyond the, the, the initial consent though, Arlo. What else does Osano help with? Yeah, so I mean, kind of tying into that, that last bit about how it's your responsibility to keep track of who you're sharing data with and know them. I mean, we're all familiar with the money laundering laws, right? If you've signed up for a bank account for your business in the last 10 years, you probably had to fill out some of those know your customer uh, fields and forms, right? They want to verify that you are who you say you are. They want to check your credit. Um, 
So that's the other piece of the Osano puzzle is that we have this very robust vendor monitoring tool. And we're not talking about security monitoring because there are lots of tools out there that do that. Um, instead, what we're talking about is monitoring their privacy practices and their litigation. Because if you're sharing data with a third party and it turns out that they have really poor privacy practices that are disclosed in all of their documents, but you chose not to read them or you chose not to evaluate those statements, then you're not going to have much excuse should your company end up in court. Right. So Osano does a couple of pretty cool things. We have, uh, we have a team of about 24 attorneys and those attorneys have the most boring job in the world. All day long, all they do is read all of the compliance documents that companies publish. And then they go and they answer 163 questions in our, in our system so that we can objectively measure their privacy practices. And, and what this does effectively for our customers is it takes the burden off of them for having to go and constantly monitor their privacy practices of, the, of their vendors and constantly be reading and comparing their privacy policies and GDPR statements to the version that they had up three months ago. Because we all get those emails saying we've changed our privacy policy. And you know, 90% of the time, you don't know what changed. It's exactly. just now it's up to you, go read it and figure it out. So, so we do that, we, we, we turn that into a, a really objective score, which is a technologist I like. I don't have to be subjective about these things anymore. I can tell you exactly how Facebook rates relative to other companies in their category. Um, the other thing we do is we connect into Pacer and the federal, and then the state court systems for seven major, for the seven largest states. So if you're doing business with a company and they get sued for a data privacy breach or for a security breach, you can be the first one to know. And, and otherwise you could probably do that on your own, but you have to go subscribe to LexisNexis and set up alerts and Pacer and it gets complicated and expensive. So this just becomes a, a nice place to have one set of information about the vendors you do business with. Sure. Um, you know, it's interesting because we see, I mean, we talk about Facebook as being a bad actor and, and in fact, they're not very good, right? Like objectively, I can tell you their practices are in the bottom, you know, third of our data set. Uh, we've analyzed 9,000 companies now. So it's, we have a very robust data set. Um, but what's interesting about Facebook is if you, if you go and look at them, they have uh, over 2000 lawsuits against them now related to data privacy. So if you're using Osano, that's a really good red flag, right? This, this company has so many lawsuits against it. Should I feel comfortable sharing data with them? And, and then that becomes your choice, right? You can, you can choose to continue doing business with the company that has poor privacy practices without, but you just have to recognize that in the event of the worst case, you know, you have a data breach, you have to go to court, your company ends up in the press, you know, would you be able to defend using that vendor? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, you know, Facebook is so ubiquitous now to, to exclude them. I mean, we do this because we have the share button, right? That many sites like ours have. And, you know, uh, it's interesting. We get many more shares on Twitter than we do on Facebook, but we get many more on Facebook than we do on LinkedIn on, a, on any given day. I mean, on any given day, these things fluctuate. 
Yeah. But you know, to just cut Facebook out would be would be difficult. Let me ask you another question, Arlo, and that is: Look, today, so many, and I, we deal with vendors all day here, right? And, and their websites, and working with their marketing teams. So many of the vendors today use programs like Marketo and HubSpot, and you know, uh, and automate a lot of your di- you know inbound marketing and and tracking and drip campaigns and, and all of these things and Salesforce itself even. Um, how does, how do you guys work with those kinds of companies? Yeah. So, I mean, great question. The, uh, the good news is that the Marketos and the HubSpots of the world, which we actually use HubSpot too, um, they're good companies. And when you look in our data set, what you find is they're pretty highly rated. Um, they've put a lot of effort into their data privacy practices because they know that they're collecting a lot of data and they have to do a good job of that. Um, you know, you do have a responsibility as a, uh, as what we call the controller of the data. So like you talked about, you own the website. It doesn't matter who else you use. You're the, you're the, where the buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. So whether you build applications or run a website, you do have an obligation to keep track of where the data goes. Right. And so, you know, you have you have a couple of tools at your disposal there. One, um, you know, using Osano, you can actually explore all of the vendors that your vendors share data with. So you can you can kind of see that data supply chain visually. And we like we like to say that data is like a sneeze because the moment that it gets out, you will never get it back in. So so if you can't control the data getting out, at the very least you can do is start recording where the data is going. And so we have an API as well. That's a high volume API for storing where data has been transferred, which data has been transferred, and essentially creating a third party audit log of those transfers. So that again, it's all about worst case, right? This is not a, a day-to-day operational thing. This is all about protecting your company in the event that you end up in a lawsuit or you have a security breach that you can show evidence that you are trying really hard to be a good actor. Because that's the thing that will keep you from getting criminal charges filed against your company or having really big fines. So, right. so that's how we think about the Marketos and HubSpots is, is use them, um, validate that they meet your compliance criteria by using our tool, and then verify who they're sharing data with and then start tracking where the data is going. And if you do all of those things, you're doing better than most companies. And, and you can probably sleep at night knowing that if you had an audit of some kind or your board demanded proof, you can provide it. Yep. And that's important. It's important in today's world. You know, there's so much here, Arlo, we could probably talk all day, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we're over our allotted time. I, I didn't have my timer running, but it sounds about where we are. Um, for people who want to get more information, Website, O-S-A-N-O? Yep, osano.com. Okay. And, and you know, just as you mentioned, you do have free offerings and all the way up through enterprise. Uh, if you're listening out there and you're somehow responsible for your company's data privacy or websites, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Arlo, thanks, thanks for educating us a little bit today. appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. All right. That's Arlo Gilbert, uh, CEO, founder of Osano, O-S-A-N-O.com. 
data pri- if data privacy is important to you, if compliance with GDPR and similar programs are important to you, give them give them a look because it, it's look it's something we all have to deal with today, whether we're consumers, providers, or what have you. Arlo, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, Security Boulevard, Container Journal. You've just listened to another DevOps chat. Have a great day, everyone.